How do you think Avengers Infinity War relates to old boring literature or an Indian freedom fighter or a Russian Nobel Literature Prize winner? Find out today. That Russian freedom fighter, Alexander Zolzhenitsyn, in his Nobel Prize speech raised the point that everything is everyone's business. If there is a problem, we should all be stepping in to solve it. This is key to growing in unity. He said in speech that no such thing as internal affairs remains on our crowded earth. Mankind's salvation lies exclusively in everyone's making everything his business. Yeah, that's quite a claim to make. And we're going to explore if this claim is actually true by looking at three examples in the world. Mm -hmm. First, we're going to look at Cornelia Sarabji, an Indian freedom fighter. Then we're going to take a look at the old southern states of America <laughs> and the literature there. And then we're going to look at Infinity Wars, which is what I'm most excited for. Yeah, same. Yeah, so let's begin. So, our first person is Cornelia Sarabji, an Indian freedom fighter, and we are going to uh, interview her her nephew, mm -hmm. Richard Sarabji, <laughs> and we're just going to raise him from the dead. Thank you. Yeah. So, we are going to start out by interviewing two people, Richard Sarabji and Cornelia Sarabji. Richard Sarabji was Cornelia Sarabji's nephew, and we are going to resurrect him from the dead to speak to him today. <laughs> Hello, Richard Sarabji. Hello, it's very nice to be here. We are very honored to have you here. Now, we know that you wrote a book about your aunt, so you must be one of the most biggest authorities on her life. So would you just like to tell a little bit about her life and how she became a lawyer? Yes, so um, my aunt... Okay. So my aunt Cornelia Sarabji, she was born in 1866, and her father actually pushed her to get into a Bombay University, which was really unusual at the time, because no woman would ever go to universities. Mm. Um, he finally succeeded with her when she was around 16, um, and she went to a Bombay University. Um, she went through a lot of problems over there in her university with um, people, like like guys would slam doors in her face what? to stop her from getting to lectures, and um, teachers would grade her unfairly, and, um, but she ended up being at the top of her college um, and in English literature. Uh, and so she wanted to continue her studies in England, and she needed a scholarship, but they refused mm -hmm. to give her a scholarship because she was a woman. Wow. So these other women, they um, decided to raise their scholarship for her and promoted it by putting her picture in a magazine. Um, and finally they raised enough money and she went to Oxford. And the people over there actually recognized her because of that picture in the magazine, oh. which um, she was pretty shocked about. Um, and this man, um, um, he was a high intellectual. He arranged a way that she could read the law and um, he had a special law course just for her. Wow. And she was finally allowed to take the Bachelor of Civil Law exam, which was really difficult to get. You had to be pretty experienced in that area. Um, and um, over there, she also went through struggles, like um, one of her examiners would refuse to examine her. And then finally, they graded her unfairly after she took the exam. Um, but she managed to pass, um, even though she couldn't get a degree. Um, and then... She was allowed to finally do things because of this intellectual guy who helped her. He um, allowed it for her to be um, going in the library, which was which women couldn't go in. Whoa. Yeah, and um, so she was really happy. Um, still struggles, but she wanted to do work back in India, and so she had been offered a job, but they changed their minds later because she, they didn't want to hire a woman. 
Um, and she decided to take a degree in India because she thought it would help her around that area and give her more opportunities. Um, and so she um, um, applied for a degree, but um, they failed her. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but um, the Maharajas um, in Bombay, they were happy to take her in and help her. Um, they weren't the best, pe nicest people, but yeah, they were happy to help her. Um, they did give her silly cases, but um, she eventually um, grew out of that and decided to become a legal advisor to the British government um, for secluded women. Um, and secluded women, according to the Hindu law, wore um, this veil, and they were forbidden from communicating with the whole outside world. Wow. Um, and finally, she was able to um, open, open the legal profession to all women in India in 1924. Wow, it really sounds like sexism was just a big part of the governmental system and like the universities. Well, thank you so much, Richard Sarabji. Now we are going to call in the woman herself, Cornelia Sarabji. Woohoo! Yeah, so I would just love to tell you about my experiences. I just want you to know that in that time, the women were just so discriminated against. Like, I met yeah. this one girl. She had never seen a growing thing in her life because she was married yeah. when she was very young, and then she was just imprisoned in that part of the house for all of her life. So when I brought her a rose, she was super surprised to see how it grew. Wow. And the government was also so corrupted. Like, I met this one grandmother, and she wasn't getting paid the right amount of money she should mm -hmm. by the government. And actually, the government person assigned to her was her grandson. Mm -hmm. But when I got him to, like, say that he would pay her the money, mm -hmm. he tried to poison her poison through her. a cloak. So there was a lot of interesting ways to poison people in <laughs> India. And um, I was even, someone even tried to poison me through a bouquet of flowers. So it wasn't just through administering to them in food. It was like by smelling it or by wearing it. Wow. And it was just very interesting because when I talked to this grandson government dude, he was just saying, you know, let's just postpone the case until she dies. Then we can both take the money. Wow. So that was just such a common thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was just a very bad place for women to be in that time. <clears throat> Thank you, Cornelia. That was um, a real eye-opener. Um, we're going to just discuss now what we have gathered from you today. Yes. So I was quite surprised to hear both of those things. And mm -hmm. I was just amazed to see how she responded to injustice. Yes. I mean, they kept on doing things like failing her exams and mm -hmm. all of that, but she kept on going. And it wasn't like she did it in a violent way or a crazy yeah, way. Yeah, she just kept yeah. going. I think that's something that she maybe even picked up from her father because yes. he really wanted to break that ideal of woman and he pushed her to get into yeah, university. Yeah, which is so rare too. Yeah. It yeah. just shows how interfering can really make a difference because now look at the world today. It's nothing like it was. Yeah, it is. It's true. There's so many women lawyers. Yeah. And there's a lot more rights to women. And it's because of people like this. She made it her own business, like how Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in his yes. speech, to help people despite the culture of the world yeah. and the the walls that were in between. Yeah, to break the women. ideals and the yeah. thoughts of the communities. It's quite interesting. Yes. Right, now we're going to look at another lawyer from um, the book To Kill a Mockingbird, um, Atticus, and we're going to discuss how he interfered with the community. Yes.
Yeah, so in the book To Kill a Mockingbird, I know we both read it in high school. Uh, yes. We weren't that enchanted by it, but it was still a quite an interesting book. Mm-hmm. So it's this book that's set in the south of America, and it's during this time when black people were being discriminated against. And I know that there was this documentary we saw where in the same time as this book was published, there was a boy who was lynched because he was accused of rape. And even though this accusation was false, he was still lynched. So this book is a very similar thing. There was a man, a black man, accused of rape, and Atticus Finch is the lawyer who is defending them. And the plot of the book is just about how he does that, and also how his two children, Scout and Jem, just go through the realization of how the world isn't as ideal as they believe it to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see how he responded to this injustice. He wasn't um, violent, even though the people in that time, they really were. Yeah, and he was amazing with a gun, which we know in (laughs) the book. It's funny. Yeah, it's quite interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so he he remains peaceful and controls himself. And even, he only expresses his opinion when it's an appropriate time to. But it's like, he doesn't seem any less firm or sincere, even though he doesn't go out and shoot everyone or scream yeah. at everyone. Yeah, he made it his own business. He really did. He, um, When he lost the case, he really he felt bad because he, yeah. he really sympathized with this Tom Robinson. Yeah, it's not like he was assigned to the case. He had to do the case, but he still took it personally yeah. and tried his best to do it. I think that's what it means to make something your own business. Yeah, it has to impact you emotionally. It has to be Mm -hmm. part of an important thing to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this idea is not only used in a scary and serial real-life situations like we can see in these two examples, but it's also in our very own Avengers. Something that we are really excited about today. Infinity War. (laughs) Um, And all they do um, in Avengers is interfere with the problems of the world, and we can see how they solve them as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, the Avengers is about a really cool superheroes who come together and save the world from random things that risk the life of everybody. Um, And some of them come from different worlds even, but we can see how they unite and interfere with the problems and deal with them and solve them in the end of the day. Yeah. It's like, it's interesting to see all of these warriors coming together and fighting against Thanos because it's like, um, we know from like Civil War, Mm -hmm. Captain America, Iron Man don't like each other that Mm -hmm. much. There's some tension going on and Wakanda, how it's shut, it's its gates pretty much and it just decided to open them but now they're getting involved in like all of this crazy stuff really helping and and um we can see Mm -hmm. how like you were saying in civil war that um they don't get along but yeah in the end when you interfere and you um show your ideas and you carry them out you can see who wins in the end of the day and what is the best solution yeah it's it's just they all Despite all of those conflicts and those tensions and these kind of, yeah, they all still like go together to fight, and it's very interesting to see how they go across the internal affairs mm-hmm. and exactly like Alexander Solzhenitsyn said in his speech, and yeah. it's it's interesting to see how that even comes in modern it, movies. Yeah, and it's something that we are all yeah. we all love so much, and it's so funny that you can see that in those things. Yeah. So we have looked at these three different examples and how they each respond to injustice um, and interfere in their own ways. Um, starting with Cornelia Sarabji, we have seen how she interfered to help women's rights and um, to open the legal profession to women. Yes. Um, and then with Atticus, how he fought um, for something that he 
really um, made a part of his own beliefs and yes he uh, made it his own business even though um, the black and the white people were so yeah. divided yes yeah he broke the ideals of the community um, and then uh, we can see it in Avengers Infinity War um, with barriers like Wakanda opening up and yeah. Um, yeah, helping and Avengers helping the world and yeah. solving their problems. Um, I know that if all of them were to hear in Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Nobel Literature Prize speech, they probably would have agreed with what he said. Mankind's salvation lies exclusively in making everything his. Most of these examples, the people forgot about their differences and the barriers between them and helped each other. Um, looking at these three examples, it really makes me think that, um, are there still people in the world like this today? Yeah, and if not, why aren't there people like this in the world today? And what would it look like if there were people in the world like this Yeah, today? is his quote really true? Yeah, I think after looking at these three cases, I believe that this quote is actually true. Yeah. But I guess it's just something you have to figure out for yourself. Yes, it's shown in so many different ways, but it is there, mm -hmm. and... It's a good thing for us to explore at this time, and I think people should be interfering with um, others' businesses more often. I think from this I've gathered that we should be interfering and breaking barriers um, that the community has made um, itself. Yeah, to help other people despite yeah. what people say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this idea is not only used in a scary and serial real-life situations like we can see in these two examples, but it's also in our very own Avengers, something that we are really excited about Infinity today. Infinity War. <laughs> um, and all they do um, in Avengers is interfere with the problems of the world, and we can see how they solve them as well. Yes. 